At the third stroke, it will be time for the town hall tapes. Beep. 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 You lucky, lucky person. Hey, Daryl. Hey, Jason. Um, that sounded rather false. Maybe we should retake that. But no, we're going to continue because this is the town hall tapes where uh, we have a hopefully a weekly look at various stories that have come our way via 853 blog and Brixton Buzz. Not at all polished. Uh, we're going to go straight in. Daryl, do we have any, any resemblance of a running order for this evening? Not all polished, so I can stop speaking like this then. Um, so I think we're talking about uh, Lambeth Council losing its chief executive. Um, problems with the cinema in Elton, uh, the borough of Greenwich. Uh, we're talking momentum in Lambeth. Oh. Uh, we're talking housing in, in Woolwich uh, this time. And we are also talking about... Um, oh, we're talking about, we're talking about the, uh, the Colchester, Colchester Labour, aren't we? Yeah, that would be a challenge. <laughs> and we can also talk about Private Eye as well. Yeah, let's go straight in there. So I want to talk about a story on Bricks and Buzz this week, which we kind of knew was coming. So Sean mm. Harris, the chief executive as was of Lambeth Council, he officially resigned uh, very late in the day Friday. Cheers for that, Sean. I was heading out to watch the basketball, had a very, very quick turnaround with the Bricks and Buzz story. The mm. official reason is ill health. Um, mm-hmm. So we wish him well. He was in the job. Yeah, he was in the job for just over two years. He came down from Bolton. He was seen as a bit of an odd fit. Um, some councillors uh, privately were a bit a bit um, um, unsure as to whether he could actually get Lambeth and uh, really have a council operate. Um, and so we've done in great detail before on Brixton Bells. We mentioned it here also on Town Hall Tapes how a lot of the problems came when Councillor Liv Peck, the leader of Lambeth Council, told full council in July that the Shirley Oaks survivors group would have an independent panel uh, to look into a lot of their grievances. And then five days later behind closed doors, she had um, a bit of a wobble, a bit of a U-turn and decided it would be um, a council buddy panel, probably made up of councillors. The Shirley Oaks survivors, this is a bit long-winded, the Shirley Oaks survivors uh, found out about this, understandably, a little upset, managed to access the office of Sean Harris and he wasn't seen since. So it's all mm. quite an unfortunate end. And it leaves really the idea of who is next. So there's going to be a stopgap chief executive, we think appointed in October. Um, and then the whole recruitment process will start again formally, which I imagine will take six months or so. Um, yeah, it was just very, very strange. And uh, I think Sean Harris wasn't aware what he was up against. This is obviously a very progress-dominated Lambeth Labour cabinet. And he walked straight into a viper's nest. It sounds, yeah, it sounds like a, a, a horrible situation all round. Um, one thing I've, I've, I've noticed, this was an exclusive for Bricks and Buzz, I noticed. <laughs> yeah, the definition, definition of exclusive can be a little elastic. Uh, exclusive <laughs> actually was quite cheeky. The story was, uh, I had various tip-offs late on Friday afternoon. My phone went a bit bonkers, buzzing away. I wanted clarification. I did contact the press office at Lambeth, and they said, yeah, the story's there on our site. It wasn't there. This is the Lambeth site. It wasn't <laughs> there. Then I refreshed and then it was there. Uh, and that's kind of where we got the exclusive from. And then others followed. Okay. I mean, is, 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 has anyone else really been covering this? So I've, I've, I've only seen Brixton Buzz really cover it. But then again, perhaps I only read Brixton Buzz. Brixton Blog did a retweet of Lambeth Council. Bless. This is the Town Hall Tapes. Now, Daryl, Town Hall Tapes is far from um, 
Mayo and Kermode. You don't really do film reviews. But I must mm. ask you, have you been to the cinema recently? I passed a hole in the ground at Mayo Abbey Cinema uh, this afternoon, actually, uh, in Eltham. Um, it's becoming a rather expensive hole in the ground. Um, Greenwich Council has a, has, a, has a fabulous wheeze uh, where it's decided that it is uh, going to build a cinema in Elton uh, to help rejuvenate Elton High Street and the economy in Elton in the south of the borough. Um, in the south of the borough, that is, is of course in the marginal constituency of Clive Effort MP. Um, this is something to remember as we go through this story. Uh-huh. Uh, this is a marginal constituency of Clive Effort, the Labour MP. Um, so yes, the idea is to build a cinema in Elton High Street. This is this is good old-fashioned intervention. Yeah, economic intervention. They actually did it in Greenwich about 25 years ago. Um, let's build a cinema. People will go there. We'll find an operator for the cinema, and, and that's happened. And um, and it's been good so far. Except it was a, well, it originally cost 14 million pounds. That is originally it's a little bit less than that. Um, it's now set to cost 20.8 million pounds. Wow, that's quite a hike. So, what's the reasons given for this? The reasons given, including groundwater levels are higher than previously thought, and the view, who are going to operate the Six Queen Cinema, has now doubled the fit-out costs from uh, 1.25 million to uh, 2.5 million pounds. Um, and there's also uh, apparently a pressure in the construction market called by strong demand for construction work and a lack of labour in the supply chain. Um, perhaps it's very Brexit, we don't know. But uh, but yes, it's uh, <laughs> so yes, it's it, it's not a good situation. Uh, there are mutterings in the council. There's well, we've been here, we've been you know, screwed over by private contractors yet again. Or it could just be you know, it's one of these things that happen sometimes. You know, you have to gamble sometimes to uh, get a return. So um, so yes, yeah, so they'll there's a cabinet meeting this week and they will no doubt nod through this extra cost at the moment it's a, it's a hole in the ground um, within a couple of years this will hopefully be a gleaming cinema with a sky bar um, rejuvenating Elton's economy there's just a, hopefully that uh, the 21 million pounds is going to be worth it well I'm sure we can ask uh, uh, Clive Efford you know maybe a few years time I'm sure he'll be uh, uh, I'm sure he'll be there at the opening ceremony this is the town hall tapes So, Jason, how did you spend Saturday afternoon? Well, it was a toss-up between uh, Dulwich Hamlet, non-league day, or mm-hmm. attending the Lambeth Momentum planning meeting. So, I take it you went to the Lambeth Momentum planning meeting? I went to the football, had a fantastic time. Dulwich Hamlet too. Oh, yes, I saw you there. Sorry. Yes, Need a market yes. nil. Uh, so, Lambeth Momentum, who are getting very organised in the borough, uh, mm-hmm. they... they had a meeting in uh, Clapham on Saturday, uh, a very long meeting. It was between 1pm and 6pm. Why are these leftish meetings always going on for so long? And you can probably guarantee there was probably some form of raffle as well that always is. Um, probably probably lots of older men wanted to, to uh, make a very, very long-winded point. Right, unlike town hall tapes. And <laughs> the aim of the meeting was to influence, <laughs> I'm saying this with a straight face, the Lambeth Labour uh, local elections manifesto for May 2018. Can I read you a quote from their blurb for Momentum? Please do. Uh, Cuts and closures, gentrification, regeneration schemes and property developers have been changing our borough over the past few years and not in a good way for most residents. Boo! Who has been behind this? Which council? Oh. <laughs> it's, it's a Labour council, which is becoming something of a theme for Town Hall tapes, where we're seeing you know, the rise of momentum, uh, trying to work side by side with some very right-wing progress-led councils around South London. And so Lambeth Momentum realised they, 
They were too late to get their candidates stacked up to actually stand in the local elections. The Lambeth Campaigns Forum is a body which selects potential candidates very, very tightly policed by the right wing of the party here locally. Mm -hmm. um, and anyway, those that wanted to stand were probably purged, so they couldn't stand. So now Momentum is thinking they're going to focus on policy. Um, and good luck with that one. I'm thinking free to move for every resident. Uh, but there was some interesting speakers at the meeting. So um, uh -huh. a, a Lambeth councillor was actually speaking at the Momentum meeting, and that being uh, Councillor Marsha de, de Corvova, who I always get her okay, name. Okay, the, the new uh, MP for Battersea. Who happens to be the MP for Battersea as well. Which, Ooh. yeah, livens things up. And also, do you remember Comrade Kingsley, Kingsley Abrams? I remember Comrade Kingsley. He's back. He's back in the fold. He was speaking at Momentum and he has got, after his two-year suspension, his Labour Party card back. So he's back. Uh, um, he's uh, come back for more punishments. Yeah. Uh, and so you could see really how progress here in Lambeth, they felt comfortable campaigning in the June general election for Labour because they didn't think that Corbyn had a cat's Helen chance of doing anything. So they weren't campaigning mm. for Corbyn, they were campaigning for Chucker, they were campaigning for Helen Hayes um, and with a scented hanky for Kate Hurry as well. Uh, <laughs> I think it'll be interesting to see in uh, April, May 2018, is Lambeth Momentum really going to go doorstepping for a Progress Council? I wonder if any momentum, if many momentum people are actually going to go outdoors for many of South London's councils. Yeah, well, that has been momentum's uh, um, rallying card. It's been, it's been their 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 kind of power. Really, has been that we are a campaigning organisation, and you can slag us off for being uh, left wing, too left wing, trots and all that. But we get out there and we do actually door knock and campaign. And so, I think if they really want to have any influence in the borough, they've got to do the doorstep thing. But it's some ask to try and get them to campaign for a progress council. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of almost like asking. Well, I mean, the, the gulf between momentum and progress is is almost akin to the gulf between the gulf between Labour and the Tories. This is the town hall tapes. Uh, Daryl, did you catch uh, Theresa May's speech last week? I, I, <laughs> so I, I, I said, yeah, I, I saw bits and parts of it. So, God, so it's just falling off the wall. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Council houses. How interesting. So having a Tory leader, Tory leader for Christ's sake, actually having the balls, so to speak, to be on stage and <coughs> talking about council houses. Stretch, <laughs> Thank you very much. Is there anything council house based happening uh, uh, around your patch of late? There has been some interesting housing developments um, in, on uh, the uh, Greenwich Council's main planning committee on Tuesday night. Uh, they get the go ahead for a development that's gonna, actually going to transform the centre of Woolwich. Um, a lot has happened in the centre of Woolwich uh, over the past few years. However, it's been behind the very solid brick walls of the Royal Arsenal uh, development. Um, this is actually the old Thames Polytechnic building, later Greenwich University. Um, a lot of it's been pretty much left crumbling for years, ever since the uh, university went, went down to Greenwich itself. Um, there's a, a block there that was boarded up before the riots, during the riots, after the riots. It's still boarded up. But now uh, a lot of these old buildings, some of them are listed, are going to be done up, um, and and it all looks very nice actually. And in there, there were 300 homes, uh, all very nice. Although just 18 are going to be for social rent. How um, many? 18, one eight. Out of 300. 
Out of 300, only 40, only 40, which includes the 18, are going to be, big air quotes, affordable. Um, so there's not a lot there. Um, I was the only person there reporting on this um, on Tuesday night. Um, the local papers around here have long since given up. Um, so I was it's intrigued to see uh, my local MP, Matthew Pennycook, the MP, Labour MP for Grimsham Woolwich, uh, quoting my tweets to say that this was simply not good enough. Mm. Um, and so there's a lot of people very upset about this. Um, it, it, it's, it's a tough one because this, this is something that is going to be needed. It will transform Woolwich. It will, it will do a, a lot of good. But however, we need bloody, we need bloody need housing. And, and actually at the same meeting, uh, there was a, a scheme in Abbey Wood a few miles down the road, um, just facing the borough of Bexley. Absolutely no social housing whatsoever in a 21 story block. Um, but um, it's clear that uh, you know, people are much more concerned at the moment about, about Woolwich and, and how that is changing. Does, does British Council stipulate um, any, any desired aim, a percentage for social housing, either in their own developments or with their private developers? As far as I'm aware, it's a threshold for affordable housing. Um, which I think might be 30%. Um, which is still very low, yeah. It's still very low. And again, affordable can mean anything. Affordable means shared ownership, can mean a proportional market rent. Down the road at the, um, at the Abbey Wood scheme, um, the affordable scheme was 70% of market rent. So you're looking at 1,200 grand a month for a, for a one-bedroom flat. Uh, 1,200 quid a month for a one-bedroom flat. You're looking at 900 quid. That doesn't sound very affordable to me. It's not very affordable. So, yeah, the whole thing is, is still a bit of a mess. And, and we, we know that Sadiq Khan's yeah, going very big on, on all this still. But, um, and it'll be interesting because I think a lot of this stuff still has to go through the mayor's office as well. But, um, but yeah, but uh, there's still a long way to go to get decent social housing, uh, decent numbers of social housing in, in our part of London. This is the Town Hall Tapes. So Jason, have you spending much time in culture lately? Uh, not if I can help it, um, but <laughs> there's been some interesting developments. I did spend a little bit of time in Colchester uh, with the selection of the next Labour MP for whenever the next mm-hmm. general election is. And so back in June, we had Councillor Tim Young, who is the leader of the Labour group in Colchester. Very, very powerful figure. He was uh, the, the candidate um, and... In the previous 2015 election, Labour finished a very, very poor third with Jordan Newell, the Progress candidate. Um, Tim really went for this, and he was given mm. odds of 100 to 1 at the start of the campaign. Uh, they were completely false. Um, I know some bloggers put money on that. Uh, <laughs> and he fought a damn decent campaign. He's a very divisive figure. I've not got the exact stats behind uh, uh, in front of me, but basically he had a swing of 19%. And he finished second, around 5,000 behind the Tory Will Quince, which means Colchester is now a target seat for Labour for whenever the next general election is. Tim was all set. He had his troops rallied. There's been a few by-elections for the council. He's been getting himself out and about in the papers, having a very, very big online presence, all ready for the next big push. But then what do the Labour Party do? They, they, They say that these target seats, I think the figures are 76 target seats, 46 they would like to have female shortlists and blow for Tim it's going to be a female standing in Colchester unlucky son it is very unlucky um, yeah he's a very very divisive figure but I'd say you pick the best candidate to win and right now 
he is certainly positioned as the right as, as, the, as the candidate best suited to win. He has got, if I dare say, the momentum with him, even though he voted for um, um, any of the candidates apart from Corbyn in recent leadership elections. <laughs> Interesting, though, is the power couple thing happening here. So his wife, his uh, councillor, Julie Young, who is also a Labour borough councillor and was the leader of the Labour group on Essex County Council, if you're still following. So if they're looking for a powerful female to take Tim's place... He may know someone very well. Yeah, I I think we've got somebody lined up already. Excellent. This is the Town Hall Tapes. And so, and finally, Daryl, we we often bemoan on uh, Town Hall Tapes lack of press coverage and uh, how local accountability is, seems to be drying up in terms of traditional print, but of course there's always Private Eye. Have you seen the most recent Private Eye? The current Private Eye is almost a Town Hall tape special, um, <laughs> as it has both uh, both uh, Lambeth and Greenwich in it this week. Do tell us more, please. Uh, so Rotten Bars and Private Eye, if you're not familiar with Rotten Bars and Private Eye, it is a, um, a, a fortnightly summary of all that is dodgy up and, up and down the UK's local authorities, uh, all that's dodgy and all that's interesting. Um, and two of the stories in, in there this week, one includes the People's Audit, who uh, have been, go- uh, been going through Lambeth Council's books yes. and, uh, and raising very awkward questions about it. And the other story is um, about uh, Greenwich Council um, threatening the... Um, Publishers of the Weekend newspaper, which a uh, story which Town Hall Tapes listeners will know very well, as it featured, I think, in our in our first uh, first podcast. And which 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 uh, local news organisation was first to, to actually break the story, or actually did all, all the footwork and the research and got this information out there? Uh, only eight five three, I think. That would the be weekend you, story. wouldn't it? Of course, yes. So it's being picked up by Private Eye, and uh, uh, did Private Eye do a decent job on 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 all the detail? They did a superb job. I, I understand on the great run that that, that, uh, that there's great unhappiness in the, uh, in the in the Labour group of British Council that they're in private eye. Um, I'm not sure how how Lambeth feel about being in uh, in, in in private eye. And of course, of course, which news outlet has been covering the people's audit in Lambeth? Yeah, Brixton Buzz. There I was Saturday morning, Brockwell Park, lined up for Park Run. It was about five to nine. My phone was ready. I was going to record it, and all of a sudden, I got a a um, a notification from Twitter, uh, Councillor Lib Peck. I thought, well, that's nice, she's going to wish me uh, good luck from my Saturday morning park run. Yes. Uh, no, uh, sadly it wasn't. She was copying me into a piece of um, 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 expert journalism from our friend John Harris at The Guardian, which she wanted me to read, not before park run. I didn't read it until later in the day, um, and I thought it was a bit bollocks, to be honest. <laughs> Um, yeah, the piece is called "If Journalists Take Side, Who Will Speak Truth to Power?" and uh, his points was against sites like Canary, etc., which um, which which are perceived as as as, as taking uh, as as as, as mere propaganda um, outlets, shall we say, uh, rather than actually um, rather than actually investigating stories and issues with any rigour. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I think uh, uh, Councillor Peck's point, uh, claim was that, uh, that you were just a propaganda outlet. Yeah, I think she fails to see, well, she's a bit, she's a bit confused, it seems, um, by uh, writing news stories and activism. And I think those two for her, which is probably symbolic of the whole progress group, those two things for her, they cannot be seen as being one entity. So you're either a journalist 
or you're an activist, although I dread to think what a progress activist is like, but those two <laughs> domains uh, cannot cross at all. In the Venn diagram, there's nowhere that sits in the middle. Um, but yeah, there is. Brixton Buzz does. Um, I think it's pretty clear if you read Brixton Buzz. Uh, we're not a council free sheet. Uh, if you want opinions, you're going to find it on Brixton Buzz. Uh, we, we do put the calls in first. We do research. There's always the comments on there. Um, and so I kind of politely ignore Councillor Peck's tweet, and I, uh, oh, I, I was three seconds off a park run PB. Oh, very good. I, I, I mean, my thought on this was that, I mean, I, I, much more interesting story than a rant. Yeah, you know, no, no one needs to read yet another boring online rant, but a good story is a good story. And I think that the likes of, you know, the, the Greenwich Labour people who are getting very upset at the moment, the Lib I think what they need to realise, I think, is that we both, yeah, we both like good stories, and... There are stories to be told in, in our areas about, you know, the effects of Tory policies, things like universal credit and stuff like that. Talk mm. to us. We can tell those stories for you. Yeah, I shall wait the phone call. Uh, maybe we should end there. So, Town Hall Tapes, we've reached number four. Uh, Daryl, please do tell people listening, where can they find you online? They can find me at 853london.com and on Twitter at Daryl1974. Okay, and you can find my work uh, at brixtonbuzz.com on Twitter. I am Jason underscore Cobb. Any retweets from Councillor Pet will be most, most, most appreciated. Have you got any, anything you can give away coming up in the next week or so? Any plans, uh, news-wise? Um, there might be some fireworks. Lambeth fireworks is 